Okay, welcome back to the Multipod. I'm your host here, Ted, uh, back with you again. I'm very, very pleased to be joined again by Sarah. Sarah, how are you doing? I am good. I'm good. Lockdown and lots of things are happening, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, aren't we all? It's certainly the theme of our times to, uh, to at least chat in some shape or form about this pandemic and how it's affecting us. So we're going to go into that um, today for sure, but to also get to know our guests. We're very pleased to be joined by Tio, who's joining us from Brazil. Tio, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Too. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And this might be a record. I know that you just joined the, the Putty Tribe about a week ago, so I don't know if we've ever had anyone on the show who's that new, but that's exciting to get someone full of enthusiasm to... To join the group, so we'll get to know lots about you and your background. I know you were born and grew up in India, and have moved around a fair bit in the United States and so on. And now you're in Brazil. You'll you'll fill in the gaps and tell us more about that for sure. But uh, we'll get to know you a bit, and also some of your thoughts and perspectives on uh, on how things are for you and in your corner of the world. Certainly, lots to chat about, and uh, hope to as as we continue our theme this month of trying to connect with members of the Putty Tribe and give you another kind of, hopefully another source of comfort, really, as, as we all uh, get used to being so cut off and so isolated much more than we're used to. So that's a big part of why we're here, to uh, just kind of keep you company as we're all basically stuck at home. So with that in mind, uh, Tio, now let's see, you are now in Bahia in Brazil. Whereabouts is that in Brazil? It's the northeast of Brazil. I'm on the border with the ocean. So the Atlantic, it's the place where the Atlantic Ocean meets the Atlantic jungle. Okay. Like near the, where the Amazon flows into the Atlantic? No. So this is, this is a different jungle. So there, this is actually a much smaller jungle. It's called the Atlantic jungle. It used to be much bigger, but now there's only 7% of it remaining from the original. Wow. Here's one question. Have you noticed pollution uh, changing for the better in your corner of the world since all this started? Not really, because the place where I stay is already very remote and very few people. So it, it's pretty much unchanged. It's already very clean and pure. So. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. uh, how long have you been there? How long have you been living there? About five years. Now. And what brought you to Brazil? So I had come here the first time for an ayahuasca retreat and for the the soccer World Cup in 2014. So I managed to combine the two in a, in one month. And the ayahuasca retreat had a massively life-changing impact on me. So I nice. decided to come back and live here. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, I know you said you grew up in Mumbai, in Bombay, in India. How yeah. long did you live there? 21 years. I was born and brought up there and... I left there to study in the U.S. So I, start, I was studying in Atlanta. I did my master's there in information security. And after that, I moved to Seattle to work for Amazon. And then you got captivated by Brazil from the rush of the city of Seattle. <laughs> yes. So I, I, loved, I, I loved my life in Seattle. It's not that I did not love it. It's like I really loved the city, the culture over there and the job. Mm -hmm. But what I, got, what I found here was more captivating, definitely. Well, the, definitely there was something that Ted got captivated by, uh, by you in an article. Yeah, well, that's true. We, for those of you listening, uh, we posted a, a thing on the forum here in the Putty Tribe if anyone wanted to 
to come in and share their story on our podcast, of course, especially with during the pandemic. And Tio was one who responded, so that's why we kind of jumped on it. And part of it was related to this article. Now, you've been writing a little bit for Medium. You told me you, you kind of just got started. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, that's cool because I know there's quite a few people in our community who are doing that as well or certainly aspire to do that. Particularly with this article, I know that uh, it was trying to share a different perspective on the experience of this pandemic and what may come out of it. So it's a, we'll put the link to it, of course, in our show notes, If for those of you who haven't mm-hmm. read it already. But um, I'll let you summarize it. Maybe you'll be better than I am. But let me know how you could kind of summarize the main argument that you were making. Now, feel free to summarize it if you want. I would love to hear your perspective on it, if it like, since you've already gone through it. Because, you know, my my ideas are already sure. in it. Okay, that's good. That's uh... <laughs> Thanks for that. So uh, my take on it was that you were challenging the reader to to try to find a different outcome than might be expected to this pandemic, obviously. And it was kind of about embracing the unknown, because it kind of goes without saying. I mean, this whole thing is, is obviously so new to us, and we don't know how it's going to shake out. But uh, I think a lot of us, maybe just by default, kind of assume or expect things to go back to quote-unquote normal. And I think the longer it goes on, the less likely that is anyway. But it's still a question of, therefore, if it's not going back to what we were all used to, what we were all doing like, you know, a few weeks ago, when this finally ends, it's going to be different, maybe completely different, our lives, the economy, society, and everything else. So that that infers that there's a lot of unknowns, of course. And how do we embrace those unknowns? How do we try to make the most of it and not kind of push to get things back to the way they used to be? Because I think as part of your argument, and maybe this draws from your perspective of where you are and in your life and in Brazil and some of the kind of spirituality, meditation and stuff that you've been pursuing, is a challenge to change some of our outlook on life and maybe a bit more of a holistic approach or... um, you know, well, you you can fill in some of the gaps, but I guess where it's where we're not so driven, maybe by consumerism, let's say, perhaps it's that, or capitalism and uh, greed, or and and um, being so individualistic and things like that. I, I gather that's kind of part of it is seeing the bigger picture. Yeah, I mean, so first, I would say it's not a challenge, right? It's it's, it's just a different perspective, and if you want to take something from uh, my my what I have gone through in the last five years has definitely influenced this perspective because I was very much a city person heavily into the consumer culture 25 years of my life. And then I I saw a whole different side of life, which was much more connected to the natural flow and rhythm of life. Uh, Unlike what we have in the cities is very driven by the, the consumer culture, capitalism. And I have nothing against capitalism. I'm still quite a fan of the way that society works, you know, because there's lots of there's lots of benefits in it. But I think that there needs to be more of a balance uh, in in people's individual lives. I don't think uh, the system as a whole needs to be completely uprooted and changed. But people themselves, I think, have become too dependent on this system, and this is kind of what the, not not only the system, but also the opinions and beliefs of the culture around 
are, are heavily influencing the way people think. So the individuality has been lost, in my opinion. Do you have a vision yourself of how you would like to see our societies, I guess, our realities change or evolve coming out of this? You know, I up until 10 days ago, I, I was very much in that mode, you know, uh, predicting outcomes and see, uh, you know, hoping for things to be a certain way or, or guessing where they will go. But in the last 10 days, I I decided to stop doing that because for me, it, it I, I realized that it, it's just impossible to tell where this goes. And mm. part of my training has definitely been to become very comfortable with the uncertainty without needing to guess what's going to happen. So, you know, whatever happens, you just go with that. So I don't have a, a guess as to where this is going, nor do I have any particular wishes because I I don't know what the best outcome can be from this. No, definitely. I mean, he, human beings, are their behavior can be unexpected. Uh, mm. There's a lot of lines of thoughts out there that are spreading the, the idea of becoming more and more uh, familiar with the unfamiliar, right? With the, the unpredictable, the, yeah. the unknown. But the, I feel that I've been I've been reading also a, a little about what can be the outcome of these days. I mean, taking it from from a micro to a macro perspective, whenever a person goes through a traumatic experience, either way they can change. Like that experience changed them and changed them forever for good, for a positive change, or they get stuck and they they enter a black hole of like a vortex mm. of, of that is hard, really hard to get out of. And we today as a society, we have those possibilities after this, right? I mean, we are seeing a lot of extremes in terms, we are seeing more societies being cooperative and, and supportive of, of the health system and jobs that before we didn't care about. Like in terms of, of the, the more uh, advanced countries, not advanced, like more privileged countries, people are starting to appreciate some jobs that they didn't before. So there's been, I feel that there's a slight shift on consciousness, a global consciousness, because this is affecting us globally. And I'm not sure if this has been seen before in terms of of how global and interconnected we are today. But I can, I can tell that in our subconscious, health is going to be a priority now. Our political systems, they need to change. And that's something that people are asking for, like a more um, open, transparent, and committed way of doing things. I think uh, appealing to the emotional, it's something that we are no longer going to upset. I'm not sure if that will be that way. I hope so, though. Mm -hmm. And in design and in the world of, of, of design and business, a trend has been going on for a few years, and I think that this, this pandemic is going to make it more strong and that design and business are shifting to a human and humanistic perspective. Uh, people's values and consumers' values are changing 
for more ethical and sustainable solutions. And right now, I think that is going to be exponential life. And definitely we are going to request a more balanced existence with nature. I feel so. Yeah, I hope so. It, it reminds me on our last episode, we talked a bit about this and and how we we were doing our best to stay positive, I guess, but that I think fundamentally we have, we can look forward to good change, positive change, but it might take a while. There could first be a pushback from essentially the authoritarians of the world, whether it's political or otherwise, and business, let's say, or other things, but the people who stand to lose, I mean, from their perspective, to lose power, to lose wealth out of this, uh, and have their own agenda. And, and it's easy to uh, use fear and, and other kinds of threats or control and so on to, um, to push back, even though I think broadly, the vast, probably the vast majority of people in, let's say, well, maybe any, any country in the world, I guess certainly the kind of developed and, and democracies of the world, people um, will get, a, as, as you say, a much greater appreciation for health and the kind of, a more holistic view of, of how our society is structured. And they, they will want those positive changes, but it could take a while. It could take years for that to kind of bubble up and push through. So you get the leaders and you get the the people who can make that change happen unless we would get to the point of seeing i guess revolution and that kind of thing in the streets which you know opens up a whole other can of worms but i could see uh i could see some pushback as the powers that be as they exist now kind of cling to what they have before the popular uh will uh kind of overpowers them hopefully again in a in a positive happy way but it's <laughs> it's hard to be uh i don't know it's hard to be too um optimistic maybe that they're that everything would be peaceful i find it interesting though tio because you're like in brazil and they've had a bit of a controversial approach to all this from the government and the president right telling a lot of people that I, as i gather i think it's just changed in the last few days but that they're saying it's not a big deal and that we need to keep the economy going and people should stay at work and all this kind of stuff and most people they don't want to work they want to stay home they don't want to get sick right and the healthcare workers are pushing back so it's been a real uh, friction in Brazil of more than almost any country. Has that been your observation from where you are? I know you're a little more remote. Yeah. Again, like I said, right here, also the in Brazil, I think a lot of states and cities are taking a very independent approach. So mm, yeah. the, the town that I live close to and the city that I live close to, they both just shut down. So much before the directives came from uh, from the government. So you know, that's good. That I mean these people were more proactive about it. And also because it's a smaller city, I think it's easier to shut it down than bigger cities, which are more like a machine that's constantly running. But, uh, you know, to to respond to, to both of you, some of the points are made. One of the topics that I brought up in the article is about resilience, how, how you know, this can be a superpower, but it's also one of the biggest poisons that we have. And I think what you were talking about was this, you know, that there is this drive to keep things static or stable. And, you know, the governments are pushing a lot to bring things back to normal. And I think it's it's not only the government, but also a majority of the people who are not in the kinds of circles that we usually mix with are also, you know, wanting things to go back to normal. 
because we are very accustomed to normal when i look outside my social circles i see a variety of conversations where most people just want things to go back to the way they used to be mm-hmm. that seems to be the most popular response because i i think people are, are very habituated to the way things are and they don't want to even imagine what a different world could look like you know? it, 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 everything in life is so tied to the way things are the the social status the habits everything is based on the world that used to be people don't even want to imagine what another world can look like yeah i mean change always beholds resistance there's like always going to have that dichotomy where you find the people who are ready to to move on and the people who get dislocated and disoriented with with when when things shift but that's totally normal i got very mm-hmm. curious by your your website the infinity zero experience center the infinitezero.com yeah mm-hmm. and uh, i would love if you could tell us a little bit about about that yeah sure so just before that right to to wrap up on on what you're talking about i think just to reference back to my original point you know i think that the movement of individuals is going to be much more important than the collective at this point because the collective is too diverse and the possibilities of where it goes are too too many but i think the responsibility for each person becomes much higher in this to to grow themselves rather than you know focusing so much on where the collective goes i think if we take responsibility for strengthening ourselves mentally and emotionally it's going to be much more powerful because it makes you more capable to deal with the uncertainty and wherever things go in the future and that's been my experience you know like 5 years back if i had if i had experienced all of this 5 years back i would be a mess but today it's it's hardly affecting me like you know apart from some physical inconveniences mentally and emotionally i'm quite stable like it, it's i'm not being affected by talking to people or by discussing these things because like i found my stability and my capability to deal with the uncertainty and the unknown so i think that that is the message or the inspiration that i was aiming to provide with the article is for people to find their own stability in uncertainty instead of wanting things to be a certain way or wanting the world to be a certain way which we cannot predict or guess where it will go I'll quote from your article yeah I one thing jumped out uh, in particular you said the only ones who will come out of this situation in a mentally physically and emotionally stable state are those who can accept that whatever takes place is precisely what is needed however ugly it looks if we try to fight it and keep clinging to ideals of how things should be we are going to end up miserably disappointed that was a mm-hmm. a quote from your article it uh yeah. kind of summarizes it out pretty well but everything you're just talking about there i'm guessing kind of leads pretty pretty clearly into into your website yeah and your infin, in, infinite zero experience center cuz focusing mm-hmm. on the individual right and their yeah kind of journey so i'm actually working on two projects right now the the website that i've shared with you is about the individual but i i also have another project going with a with a few people in europe which is focusing on corporations and and how to make corporations resilient to change in chaos and uncertainty because one of the 
things has definitely been exposed right now is that corporations are not at all capable of dealing with this level of chaos and uncertainty you know a lot of them have collapsed a lot of them have had to fire a lot of employees and make a lot of changes that were undesirable so that's another project but the the infinite zero yeah that's focused more on helping individuals to i think the, there are two core themes one is definitely to learn to live with uncertainty but the idea is that when when we let go of this attachment to the world and the way it is when we stop holding on to our ideas and beliefs about what the world is or what it should be and we allow the uncertainty to guide us to wherever we wherever it takes us that it can be a very blissful journey if we allow it to be part of it comes into the article also but that's definitely the core focus of the center and you know i was doing this a year and a half ago so it's much before all of this started but for me i found that even in even a year and a half back this was definitely one of the big issues in the world is that because i've been working with people like hundreds of people over the last few years and the thing that comes up most is that people have no training or skills to deal with uncertainty when they are faced with uncertainty they most of the time just collapse some people may be accustomed to certain types of uncertainty but when it escalates and gets into something that's not in their comfort zone they tend to regress a lot there's a huge journey and it can be a lesson for life definitely absolutely yeah yeah so do you work with like individuals people kind of sign up to work with you are there other people part of your team is it all online as well or is there something in person right now it's all online especially with the current circumstances definitely all online but even before it was online i am working towards eventually making a physical space available but right now it's it's um, to work with individuals but in group so like you know to probably have a couple of introductory sessions one on one but the eventual idea is to have a group of people who have the same intention and to also learn from each other because i think i from my experience because i've done a lot of group work before and facilitating groups and participating in groups so i realized that the the most effective work happens when you work in groups because when people are sharing things in the group you realize that everything that everyone is sharing is also something that you experience to some degree or another so you know when you're working in a group you get a lot more insights that you would not get if you're just working individually okay is this a process that that you've developed yourself are you drawing from other kind of teachings or instructions and then you know passing it on to others that contact you through the website or is it something that you've really put together from you, like you by yourself so i have definitely had a lot of training teach uh, learning and you know researching a lot of different teachers and methods but the specific things that i provide are something that i created from my own experiences i have not seen it anywhere else and also most of the experiences that i have designed are very uh, contradictory to popular opinion so you know most of the things that people pathologize and say that you should not go there is what i make into an experience 
Yeah, like what kind of feedback have you had from people who've you know worked with you or otherwise have seen your website and stuff? The core focus tends to be in the realm of shame and insecurity because that is where the individual gets lost in my experiences is most people when they when they are adhering to cultural norms they lose their individuality because and what gets developed in place is a shame so the shame acts as a barrier to the individuality and the authenticity so my work usually is to help people to go into the shame and get comfortable with themselves but to do it in very uh, innovative and fun ways you know because it's not like psychotherapy where you have to talk about your shame and your problems and things like that it is it's to lead them in in a way that catches them by surprise like with games and activities things like that something like that but it's more for the mind it's not a video game that you're playing with a console but it's something that you're doing in your in in exercises hmm. in your life so for those listening who might be interested certainly to find out more or get in touch with you can well we'll say we'll point them to your website can you do like a mm-hmm. maybe a 30 minute session or something like that just to kind of see you know if if you like it and then go further from there yeah so i i i do have already on my website uh, the option to book like a free introductory call and especially the people coming from party tribe i can i can make an extended session for free if people are interested in exploring this definitely and and if there are enough people interested coming together then we can do a group session also yeah i could see that as an interesting group activity with the putty tribe we, we do lots of group things you know on zoom mm-hmm. and so on huddles mm-hmm. and normally people will come with an idea of what to work with or you figure out later i think so from what i have experienced people come with all different kinds of requests but and this may sound a bit weird but a lot of the times people don't actually know what they're looking for people say that i'm looking for this i'm looking for this i'm looking for this but when we start going into it right they they realize that that is not at all important that was like a distraction so what what usually ends up happening is that they discover the 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 hidden agenda that they had within themselves but were not able to bring it to the consciousness and say that this is what i really want so you know if you know what you want or don't know what you want it doesn't really matter because we are going into the unknown so what we find and what we discover is going to be a surprise for everyone interesting well this is fascinating uh, now that that you've explained it a bit more in in detail how it works uh, i can i can really see what you're trying to do to to help people adapt and understand how they change and adapt themselves to situations and to their own feelings, right? Their own identities. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, I find it, it, maybe it's kind of ironic, you know, as we're talking today, I'm thinking about this and it makes me think that people are resistant to change from the outside when they think about possible change and especially big change, but we're all adapting to this right now. And I know that everyone has their own story and, but if it's a question of kind of getting used to change and then you start to adapt and make it work for you, we're all getting used to this. It's been whatever, three or four weeks, depending where you are, uh, if not more. But I mean, you know, you say a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, we never imagined that any of this is happening. Now we're right in the thick of it. 
And for good or for bad, at least we're getting used to it. And if you're used to it, it means you're familiar with it. You start to get your head around it. And then you can start to kind of adapt and make those the changes and, and make it work for you, which is basically the kind of thing that you teach, I guess, that you want to, to get people to understand. Um, so you go from the abstract concept of adapting to big change and you apply it to what we're dealing with right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think that, you know, if if we ever had as a world, as a society, maybe individual countries or whatever, but the willingness to, say, get off of fossil fuels, right, and change the economy and, and everything that's structured around that, and all those changes that would mean to individuals, you know, whatever you do with your car and your heating and et cetera, et cetera, and perhaps your job, but, you know, it, there's been a lot of resistance to that because people would think, well, how am I going to adapt? There's a lot of unknowns. But if as a society or as a, perhaps as an individual country, uh, they decided to do that, to make that change, people would adapt. We're seeing it right now that people do start to adapt as they get used to change. So it's, it's maybe it's a good, um, a good practice or training for what could come, you know, in terms of making big changes that... I think a lot of people would argue we need. We talked about that in our last episode again, about how it is an opportunity to make some major structural changes to how our world uh, our world is built. Totally. I think that was a beautiful reflection, Ted. Thank you for that. And <laughs> I hope it did give some thoughts to the audience for this episode and help them take something with them for these, these hard times that we are all living. I, I love Ted's point and you know the only thing I will add to it is you know w- once we get comfortable with who we are I think it becomes much easier to experience change on the outside but if you if you're not familiar with ourselves we have this tendency to define ourselves by the world outside and then with, when things start changing outside we start feeling a panic within ourselves but if we can become comfortable inside, then, you know, it, it stops mattering as much what's going on on the outside. Yeah, that's a good point. So, and there are so many ways to do that, you know, in the world today, there's so many different spiritual paths and techniques. So I think it, it's still a good idea for people to start exploring that side as well. Not even a spiritual, because I think uh, many people, when they hear the word spiritual, they kind of freak out and they, they get away. Yes. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. as a resource, as a as a tool for our mental health, being familiar with the unfamiliar and the unexpected, yes, mm-hmm. help us to live a much more stress free life and and for that sake, more healthy life. So yeah, anything to help eliminate stress and anxiety. Eh? Absolutely, but I, I think what's important is to start normalizing this aspect. You know that it's okay to not be a hundred percent all the time because this is something that is so driven into the modern culture is that we have to be optimizing everything. You know, every second counts. But I think we have to start normalizing the reality that people go into these waves where there is a long downtime sometimes, and it's okay to do that. You don't need to beat yourself up, you know, and this directly relates to the whole shame aspect where, you know, people feel so ashamed when they're not producing something or being in a certain way that society expects them to be. Yeah, that was that was another point in our last episode. I remember we talked about it's okay to not be okay, mm-hmm. especially in times of a crisis, you know, or something like this. So 
you don't have to feel bad. You don't have to feel embarrassed or anything like that. It's perfectly normal. Everybody's feeling pretty mm -hmm. mixed up these days. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's been great to get to know you, Tio. And uh, again, you're brand new to the group, so we hope to see you lots around and um, uh, get involved mm -hmm. in things and share your, your wisdom and your perspective. So it's the beginning of a, of a great journey for you as part of the Putty Tribe. It's great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to be here because I just discovered a few months back and just got on the waiting list immediately. Nice. And definitely look forward to it. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks very much for being here. It was very nice to meet you, Tim. You too. Both of you. Thank you. Well, we have a couple putty peep of the week to share with you. Starting with Amy M., who is currently into libraries, dipping into photography, and welcoming new Putty Peep. And she's pretty new herself. She just joined the group earlier this year in February 2020. Now, it says she lives in the United States, but she's been in a few different places, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, Washington, D.C. She's also lived in Florence, Italy, uh, Dallas, Texas, Baku, Azerbaijan, interesting, uh, Chicago, Illinois, Cleveland, Ohio, and Lutri, Switzerland. Amy uh, says she's happily married and a mom of three teenage boys. And she has a wonderful multi-potentialite melange of interests, passions, and skills, including financial and resource management, zero-waste living, history and biographies, poetry, design, beauty, crafts, including uh, Scandinavian and ceramics, photography is there, jewelry making, hand embroidery, needlepoint, Helping others. This is nice. Uh, poverty alleviation, philanthropy, and foundation work. She talks about how she likes helping people reach their unique potential, things like uh, entrepreneurship and arts education. She's also uh, done some prison literacy programs. She likes entertaining, including uh, using gorgeous tablescapes. Traveling is in there, too. Learning about other cultures and traditions. Conflict resolution. And practicing languages. She's... Uh, practice French and Italian. I wish I had a website or a you know, social profile of some kind to share with you. We'll have to ask her and see if she has anything, especially for some of those uh, photographs. But uh, you can send her a message, certainly, Amy M. through the Putty Tribe, and uh, get in touch. And she is our first Putty Peep of the week. Second, we have Carrie, who is in Chicago, Illinois. And they are currently into game development, robotics, dancing, Japanese, and wonderful music. And the music is a key component to their profile. You can go to SoundCloud and find uh, Carrie's account there, soundcloud.com slash Carrie B Music, Carrie spelled K-A-R-I, Carrie with a B, Carrie B Music, and uh, you can listen to some of the things that she's come up with for her music. Now, Carrie talks about how just over a year ago now, say early 2019, they just found out that they were a multipotentialite, having previously lived with um, an unconscious false belief that they could only stick with the arts and humanities. Because, you know, like so many of us, we have interests and passions, and they may encompass a number of things, but they may be in kind of one domain. And for them, it was the arts. But as you'll see, Carrie has all kinds of wide interests in a whole number of things. They've taken and completed over 25 courses in subjects like Systems Thinking, Cognitive Science, Philosophy of STEM, S-T-E-M, Robotics, and Computer Science. Carrie volunteers at a mental health association, too, and is looking to volunteer to teach computer science to kids from schools in the city 
who belong to low-income communities. Carrie's also a writer, a stage actor, and a voice actor, and holds a bachelor's and master's in music. So, I mean, you're about to, you're about to hear a number of what uh, Carrie calls cultivated expertise in over seven musical sub-disciplines. Uh, each one of these could be like a profession, a career. And Carrie has done lots of work as an audio engineer, a music theorist, music composer, an orchestrator, conductor, musical theater director, piano teacher, and a vocal coach. But some of the interests they see on the horizon are more things like quantum cosmology, astronomy, plant biology, and learning some more Japanese. They're also a pretty experienced Spanish speaker. So hey, I mean, if any of this jumps out to you as you're listening and you want to get in touch, you can certainly do so through the Potty Tribe. And this is key because Carrie says they are actively looking for buddies in all of these areas. So that's a great opening and an opportunity to strike up a conversation and maybe, as they say, even new interests, which are always bound to branch off. is great. So that's Carrie. Carrie is our second putty peep of the week. Well, we're enjoying bringing you a bit more content this month, as, of course, we all have a little bit more time, and it's a chance to do so, um, sharing some of our projects as well as our regular episodes. So you can look out for a few more things showing up in your podcast app as well as on the Putty Tribe forum where we, we post all of our episodes. So you can look forward to more, but you can also contribute, of course. Uh, it's a great thing. The door is always open. If you're at all curious about podcasting, if you've done a little bit yourself, or if you've never done one minute of it, this is a chance. This is a great chance to learn, to practice. We're here to help you out and um, give you lots of support, show you how it's done, share the things that we've learned. I mean, whether you want to be behind the microphone or help us put together research, planning our shows, we can certainly teach you a bit of audio editing. If that's something of interest, it's a great skill. So there's lots of opportunities. It's a big part of what makes this show fun and special is that it's a real collaborative effort that gives us the chance to test out and try new things and uh, learn some new skills. And that's something that relates to the big event that's coming up this month. As you've probably heard, it's the next Puttython, which will take place the weekend of April 25th and 26th. If you're new to the group or you haven't participated in Puttythons before, well, it's designed to give people basically 48 hours a weekend of uh, intense focus where you kind of set a whole bunch of things aside that you would otherwise do and choose maybe a particular project or some kind of skill that you want to work on and develop and practice. Or sometimes it's just kind of like tasks and odds and ends, you know, that you've been putting off for a while. But it, it gives you the chance to focus. It gives you the permission to do that and to share your progress and the results with others. So that's a key point because a fundamental part of a puttython are the huddles. There are four huddles over the course of the event. There's one that kicks things off at the beginning. There's a couple check-in huddles during the uh, weekend at various stages where people can give others an update. And then the last one is a show-and-tell huddle where people can basically share their results. And all this, again, if you've been on a huddle, you know what it's like. You go into Zoom and everybody's there and their little image and so on and uh, can chit-chat and basically uh, share what they're up to. So we generally do this a couple times a year. And um, Erica, Erica Backberg is the uh, Putty Tribe Events Jedi. She's the one behind this. She's run a few of the Puttythons. So you can certainly ask her any questions if you have them. But uh, as I say, the info is out there. It's on the website. It's on the forum. There's been a post and uh, all the info and the timing and so on is there. Now, this will be interesting this time out because, I mean, you know, all of us are used to being pretty busy. We have so much on the go. 
And it, the real kind of core theme of this is having that permission, right, is to have the chance to just put everything aside and focus. But we're in this weird period right now where it's like we all have so much time. And so maybe you've had all kinds of time to work on all kinds of projects. So what will the putty-thon there for before? It'll be something maybe a little more focused or a little different. It'd be interesting to see how people's projects and um, plans integrate with, you know, the massive change in schedule and routine and everything that we're all going through right now as we stay isolated, at least at the date of this recording. So that might make it a a different kind of putty-thon. It'll be interesting to see the results. So again, that's April 25th and 26th coming up soon. But in the meantime, thanks as always for being with us here today. Thanks again to Tio for sharing his story and his interests and the things that he's working on. If any of that appeals to you, of course, we'll put the links here in the notes. You can go to his website. You can see some of that work that he's doing. But we certainly hope that you're staying healthy, that you're staying grounded while all this is happening. And we'll be back in your earbuds and your smart speakers before too long. So thanks again, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon.